0: This is Mom Squad Pod, your weekly update on tips, tricks, and all things parenting with Maureen Kyle. Hi everyone, thanks so much for joining us here on the Mom Squad Pod where we talk all things parenting. And today we're playing a little bit of say this, not that. I know right now in your household with the kids home for the summer, there's a lot more, um, what do I want to say, butting heads than maybe usual. The kids are around a lot more, maybe they're getting bored, maybe they're out of routine. And so I think there's a little bit of an adjustment time for all parents, families, etc. So I'm bringing in one of our regulars because I just love picking her brain. Dr. Kim Bell with Hannah Perkins Center is joining me today. Thanks so much for doing this. So fun to see you. It's fun to see you and and in case you're not just listening you might be watching either streaming or YouTube. If you're listening we do this on YouTube as well so you can you can actually watch us. Um, So Kim, When I, I I mean, I always email Kim with all these ideas and I email you like, hey, I'm saying the wrong things to my child. Mm -hmm. This makes sense to you when I say, oh "Oh my gosh, I'm saying the wrong thing. I can't remember what it was that I said to my youngest the other day. And I looked at her face and I mean, in my mind, it was something like, the way it came out, it felt like I was telling her, you ruined everything. And the look on her face, she was hurt. And I'm like, gosh, whatever I said, I was like, I I said that the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, is that how kids react when we, when we say things and then do they filter it
1: differently? Mm-hmm. Um, of course they do. Mm-hmm. Of course they do because, oh gosh, <laughs> where to start. <laughs> so the, a couple of things to understand yeah. in those moments, what's happening. Okay, let's just start from a place of understanding and then we can kind of play our game. Okay. Understanding that what's happening in that moment is that typically your child has done something impulsive that has surprised you Mm -hmm. or embarrassed you or in some other way triggered a big emotion in you. And then your emotions get the better of you and something that is more anger-based comes flying out of your mouth. Yeah. So... Usually especially when we say what were you thinking like, like we can just play with that one for yeah. a while to understand it Because everybody says it at some point point. and the truth of the matter is is that the answer to that question is I wasn't thinking I was feeling mm-hmm. and the impulses overrode the emotion and if you as an adult Can have that same experience where your feelings overwhelm your thinking Like if you were thinking you wouldn't have said that right? Yeah. Then you can have some empathy for why your kid did the thing in the first place it's True. Colored on the walls, I don't know, came home late, drove when they weren't supposed to, whatever it might be, is because their impulse and their emotions for something else overrode their sense of logic. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the fact that the frontal lobe of the brain, which controls all of that, isn't fully formed until somewhere in the mid-20s, big emotions can overload our better rational thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the situation that we're in, both the child and the adult. So, in addition to that, kids are just just starting to develop develop their moral conscience. And especially when they're like six or seven, five, six, seven, they rely heavily on outside forces. Mm -hmm. So, if you say you're bad, Mm -hmm. or you give that feeling of you've really screwed up, the child's very young conscience hears it as, I've ruined it, I'm bad, I'm awful. It becomes not just a momentary thing, it becomes an identity thing. Mm-hmm. And so if we stack those moments up, then we end up with a kid who doesn't feel very good about themselves, right?
0: Right, right. So yeah. I mean, just taking that phrase, yep. and I wrote down some of the common ones, and I mean, yeah. I think everybody, I don't know if, if people are saying this to teenagers, but especially kids, little kids, you know even just you're being so bad today yeah. that that was bad why Why are you doing that? That's bad um, so you, what should we say instead of that so that we don't have... right.
1: Well, what I prefer uh-huh. um, is for parents to focus on the the behavior rather than on the person. So when you say you're bad or you're you're so bad or you're mm-hmm. being bad today. It's global. It's this global kind of thing. And it's better to identify the behavior. Mm -hmm. Like you're really, you know, your behavior is making me angry today, or we have to figure out why you're behaving this way today. It's always about behavior. I don't like your behavior today. Like if you focus on what they're doing rather than on that global. And the reason that we do it is not to be mean. It's just that our brains are wired to take as many shortcuts as we can. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to use as few words in a sentence as possible. And really, the only thing you have to do is lengthen the sentence a little bit and just talk about the specific behavior, right? The specific behavior that you're having in that moment. Yeah.
0: And and kind of going in line with that, we Mm -hmm. already covered like, what were you thinking? But then I think another one that, that is like along the same lines is what are you thinking or what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Why did you do that? I feel like that just comes out of every parent's mouth. Yeah.
1: (sighs) Honestly, if you are at a place where, I mean, we can, I don't know, I've got a thousand ideas running around in my Mm -hmm. head of the times that you, you know, um, kids have knocked something over and now there's some sort of red juice stain on something (laughs) white. That'd be a great time to say something like that, right? And I think it's up to the adult to be able to take a deep breath because you you aren't gonna come up with the right thing to say in that moment, Mm -hmm. right? You just aren't, because you've been overwhelmed by emotion, you've got your situation, now the child is very likely crying, Um, because they know they've already done something wrong, right? And I think when it comes to things like What's wrong with you? It's at that moment, it's better to say nothing, yeah. <laughs> just nothing at all until you calm down and then you can have the conversation, right? And again, it, it so depends on ages. Yeah. Because when, remember, keep in mind when we're really little, mistakes like even big mistakes are teachable moments. They're learning experiences. So we have to calm down and then we have to say, and this is why I tell you no food in the living room. Yeah. And this is why I tell you, you can only color on the table. And this is why I tell you. And then, you know, and maybe that's when we've talked about it before the Saturday box, right? If you want, if you feel like there needs to be a consequence, then it's like, okay, the markers have to go in here or this has to go, you know, there can be a consequence to that behavior. If you feel like they should have known better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you sort of take that take that step with them. But don't, if you're, anything you're saying, if it sounds like that, you're saying because your emotions have taken over. Mm-hmm. So don't say anything until your emotions are calm. <laughs> take a deep breath. And you can say, I'm really angry right now, and so I'm gonna need to take a minute, and then we're gonna talk about this. Yeah. And then take your minute. Yeah.
0: It's so hard to do in that moment. So hard that to word. do. <laughs> so might. hard to do. Because just reaction. hmm And I'm the fool who just bought a white couch. So when you say <laughs> spill <laughs> something on a white yeah. couch, and it's like I've already yeah. been like, Why is it why do you have juice to <laughs> my couch? What are you doing? You know, yeah. and it's just like you have that initial reaction of, What are you doing? What are you why were you thinking that? Why why would you do that? Yeah. Um so I think that's that's training on our end yes. for sure. Yeah. Um but does that teach kids as well? Like, will our kids grow up knowing, like, okay, I need to take oh, yeah. a minute? Oh, for sure, Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. if you do it enough, you'll find that your child will get really angry with you about something, whether it is you're you know, not taking him someplace or you said no to something, uh-huh. and your child will go, I need to take a minute, like, they will repeat it back. Yeah. And it's all just about emotional regulation and not having conversations in the heat of the moment. Okay. Will they yeah. do that with siblings, do you think? Like, if they I, know that
0: parents do that, I mean, does it, does it translate to school, and, mm. and or is it more... It's more
1: likely to translate to school, and okay. it depends on the sibling relationship. Yeah. You know, older ones might do it to younger ones. Okay. You know, when they get into that little parenting mode they do Yeah, with, younger, <laughs> with their younger siblings, then they'll parent they'll, they'll parrot you, mm-hmm. you know, they'll do what you do um, when they're being a big sister, you know, little little to big, probably not as much. Right. Right, but big to little.
0: It's so funny, The summer vacations as we're taping this just started and uh, as I've been talking to my parent friends, I'm like, gosh, my kids were so whiny. They've been so whiny the past couple of days and I don't know if it's, if it's a routine adjustment because school's out, now they're mm-hmm. home, they have to figure out how to structure their day. But everybody was having that type of week and mm-hmm. I said, all I'm doing is saying, stop crying. Stop crying, yeah. why are you crying? Just stop crying. And, and so then I'm thinking, well, then am I t- am Was i, I them? Was in, in the remember? back of your head going, Dr. Bell's not gonna like this at all. Right, <laughs> which is as I'm emailing you going, uh, what should I say instead? Because again, it's, it's sort of a, a frustration, like the, the crying. Mm-hmm. And it's over the silliest things. My six year old, we went to a park and it was to meet up with um, a friend of my three-year-old. So my three-year-old had a had a play date. The six-year-old was there, going, "I don't. There's nothing for me to play with. There's no one for me." And I go, "How are you crying? Why are you crying at a park? You were at a park, you know." But they do that, and to us, it's, it makes no sense. And so for us, it's frustrating. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm giving you a popsicle. Why are you crying? Right. You should be happy. You should be so happy right now. now. But as we're telling them, stop crying, Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like, oh my gosh, am I ruining Mm
1: -hmm. their emotions? Here's, here's, just change it. Just let's just change it just a little bit. Okay. Let's try this. Try, I can't understand what's wrong while you're crying. Okay. As soon as you can stop crying and use your words. I'll understand why you're so unhappy, but this crying is not helping me understand you. That's okay.
0: Okay. All right. You can do so, that. Yeah. So that <laughs> it's, I also see advice though, that they need, to, they need to know it's okay to cry and okay to have these big emotions. So does that sure. still allow them yeah. to work it out? Sure. Okay. How long can we let
1: them... <laughs> Because it's up to them, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's up, it's up to them, but to not, I think to not intervene Mm-hmm. Is not have, have I ever told you? Have I have I told you my pink pillow story? Have I ever told you the pink I pillow don't know. story? No,
0: you've told okay. me about the tunnel. Like let them get through the tunnel of emotions.
1: No, this is a real story. Okay, this all is right. a story about me in a in a large popular store that is built like a square. <laughs> okay, and there's product all around the center and all around the outside, and you walk around the big square. Got it. And I was in there one day, and there was a person. I don't know, mother, grandmother, don't know. um, If you hear this and it's you, I felt with you, I was with you on that day. (laughs) This child was crying. This child wanted a pink pillow. I know that this child wanted a pink pillow because that's all the child was screaming. I want a pink pillow. I mean, it was just, and I watched this person and and I think somebody had told her to ignore the behavior or let them cry it out because this person just kept going around the big square, (laughs) right? Like around the big square, like trying to like wait it out. And it did not help because what was happening every time they went around the big square is they were passing the pink pillow. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it just kept, and I was just like, you know, I'm not arrogant enough to interrupt somebody at a store while they're doing whatever it is they're doing. Maybe right. they had a plan. Right. But for me, it was like somebody had told them, let them cry it out or extinguish and ignore the behavior or it's okay to be upset or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, I'll park that cart and go to the car. Yeah. You know, take a break out of resources it, it, if a child is out of resources which they are transitioning out of school is hard sleep schedules are different you know they miss their friends whether they say it or not they miss the routine and so if, if the child is is generally unhappy then they're not going to have as many resources they're going to cry easier and if you if you say well it's okay to cry <laughs> It, it's just not you know it's yeah. it, i think you can get yourself stuck you can get yourself stuck that's the mental picture mm-hmm. i have you can get yourself stuck in the in the store uh, with nowhere to go <laughs> yeah. and so to be able to say to them i don't understand how you're feeling unless you use your words is teaching them to modulate their emotion and use their words to express themselves okay not just shutting down the emotion when you yeah. say like i mean stop crying why are you crying it's not going to get you your answer. Worse than that, of course, is when people say, "I'm going to give you something to cry about." It, that's the that's the kind of language that's really, please don't ever do it. Kind of language, okay? Um, because what you're saying is what you're upset about isn't worth crying. But when you say mm-hmm. to them, "Try to bring it down," I can't understand what you need from me mm-hmm. or what you want when you're crying. Is your way of saying, "I want to hear from you, mm-hmm. but I need your words." And so then they that's tell different. you, and they tell you, "I need." a pink
0: pillow and you yeah, just then we say, just no, leave the store <laughs> and then you just say, leave but yeah, I mean like if, huh? if then they say, well, I want, and it's, it's sort of an irrational reason. I mean, do you tell them that that's not valid? Like
1: what? That's silly to cry over no.
0: or, you know, Mm-mm. don't cry over.
1: No, I have looked at kids and told them it is so hard to be human. I get it, but no, and no pillow today <laughs> and you, it, it'll be okay and we will get through it. But if, you know, get out of the store, right? You're done now. Park the cart and leave. But yeah, in situations like that, I mean, you you don't have to fix a feeling just because you know what it is. That's huge for parents. I think it's like, well, yeah, but if my child tells me they need 16 popsicles and that's what's going to fix them, you know, I can't give them Mm -hmm. that. Well, no, of course not. All of us have to learn to deal with disappointment. And crying is one of those times where usually there's something you can't fix. Maybe you're sitting in the emergency room or you're you know, leaving the park because it's time. These are things that kids have to learn to tolerate. And so you can, once they tell you in words what it is, doesn't mean you have to fix it. Okay. Then you can say, I'm sorry, it is hard. It's hard, it's hard to be human Mm -hmm. and to not be the one that's in control. Yeah, so you sympathize. Sympathize. But you don't give in.
0: No. Okay, and then I think this leads us right into the other common. It's so funny how many friends I've had, especially as we've gone through all of this over the last couple of weeks, where, um, you know, kids the, were getting the adjustment period of, uh, you know, they don't want to be doing this or they don't want to be doing that. Um, and, and you say, it's sort of the empty threats, the empty threats of, well, I'm gonna send you away. <laughs> You know what? You don't like it here. You don't like what we're doing. I'll send you away. You're, there's a there's a camp I can send you to, or I'm gonna send you to Grandma's. Or, I mean, that's just an example of the empty threat mm-hmm. of of you know threatening like something you cannot follow up on, but what kind of I'll say what Don't kind of damage that. does it do <laughs> but i mean how does that okay. work against us and then yeah.
1: and then what can we yeah. be doing instead so first of all in that moment know that you have no resources and you should probably just walk away mm-hmm. you need to just take whatever <laughs> time out you need to take because what happens is is that you lose credibility you, because there's going to come a time and every child therapist will tell you to once you say something you have to follow through right like if you say no ice cream, no ice cream. Yeah. So when you start to make irrational threats, then all of a sudden you're going to find that when you are taking things away, you're going to have a child who pushes you, pushes your boundaries on that because they're not going to trust you. Mm. It's, a, it's like a lack of consistency equals a lack of trust and a lack of credibility. Mm-hmm. And so other things you say are going to become less effective. Got it. Right? Yeah. Like, um, so... In those moments, it's hard. Yeah. I know sometimes the, thing I, the things I ask for are so hard in the moment, yeah. right? But when a child is, I say this to my goddaughter all the time, she'll hear this and then she'll laugh. Um, but I, I used to say, okay, I'm gonna remember that we love each other for both of us right now, but we need to take a break. Yeah. Because we, you know, usually when you're at that point where you're like, you can go someplace else, it's yeah. because your child is super unhappy with you and has lost their loving feelings and you're feeling it, right? <laughs> and so you lash back out yeah. and you're basically throwing sand at each other in a sandbox. And so it was like always just like a deep breath that I would say, I'm gonna remember that we love each other for both of us right now. Mm-hmm. This will pass and then we'll figure it out. And then separate. Yeah. Separate and walk away. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I love that saying. I love that saying. I'm going to have to have that embroidered on a pillow and yes. put it on my couch. <laughs> um, it's funny because then as, as I was talking in the newsroom, we have a ton of parents with the, the same aged kids. And we talked about how, you know, we say, okay, no ice cream. And my, my example was I said, you know what, no banana bread right now. And I didn't realize it was about to lead to a total meltdown. Mm-hmm. And then I knew I had to stick to my guns, but then I'm like, well, I just, I picked a battle for no reason. Why did I even start this battle of no banana bread right now? And then my solution was, how about banana bread after dinner? Does compromise
1: well, work look, against us? I'm, no, or no I'm okay that? with that. Okay, you're okay, okay with that. that. But <laughs> not in the midst of the, not in the midst of the crying. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, when we can talk about this and you've calmed down, then there's room for compromise. Got it. But not to quiet like a screaming child or whatever, you know, who's who's reacting to a boundary that you set. Mm. Yeah. Not in that moment. Okay. Not in that moment. You you stick to it. Mm There's a lot. Any it's other? Eighty percent of parenting is not fun. No, it's
0: it's so and it's it always like I feel like I'm always saying or doing the wrong thing or reacting out of emotion. Mm-hmm. I want to wrap up with teens too because I feel yeah. like what I've what I've thrown at you is a lot of little kid conversation, um, and I feel like teens are totally different. Yeah. Um, I, it's hard to even pick out those phrases and sayings that that happen with teenage parents, but. Is there a situation that you see that um, parents of teens run into a lot that maybe they need that, that extra advice of how to walk away from the situation or respond to a situation? Oh,
1: uh, we don't have enough time um, for <laughs> all of those situations. Be segment. Yeah, I, you know, I I actually think in my experience the biggest issue is the, the one you bring up, which is you can go to your grandmother's, you can go to,
0: you mm-hmm. know, we
1: have a sixty percent divorce rate or whatever it is now. And so there's a lot of, well, you can just go live with your mother. You can just go live with your father. That happens a lot. Like if Mm. if there was one sort of cringy situation that I have to deal with a lot, it's that one. Mm. Uh, Well, if you're so unhappy, you can just go to the other parent. Um, And that speaks usually to a much bigger issue in co-parenting and Mm -hmm. the need to come together and all that kind of stuff. Um, And the feeling of of vulnerability in the teenager, but teenagers are there to push boundaries. You know, everybody's like, oh, when I get out of the terrible twos, it'll be easier. Oh, when I get out of... Teenagers, I think, need the most. They don't need the least, they need the most Mm -hmm. parenting because they are leaving. They are trying the world on their own and they're pushing boundaries. And, you know, the parents are sitting there waiting for them to get home. And it, it's, a, it's not an easier time to parent. They need more focus, more parenting. And I think you really have to work on controlling your emotions because teenagers have much bigger difficulty controlling their emotions. And mm-hmm. so they can say some horrible things. And that's, part, that's usually where it comes with teenagers is that they've said something horrible to you, right? Like, I mean, four-year-olds will tell you that they hate you six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, but teenagers, they can really hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you. know, They can really throw some vitriol your way. And it's a much harder, I think, sandbox not to jump in. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's about you talking from a calm place to show them that they have to talk from a calm place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the other thing that I will say, don't say with teenagers or with any kids really, is come back to me when you can apologize. Hmm. I don't like that.'t It teaches kids to apologize insincerely um, and that they have to sort of do this thing to get your love back. It's, hmm. it's this weird thing. Uh, so that's the one I think is probably like you're, the, the one that I hear the most with teenagers, but it's usually what teenagers are saying to parents and then what they say back hmm. um, when they say things like, "You're the worst mother in the world. Yeah, you know, we are the worst kid in the world. Yeah. I mean, it usually goes like that, <laughs> right, with teenagers. Um, so it's much more specific to the situation, but it's always, always, always about not speaking from a place of anger mm-hmm. and taking and, that moment. Yeah. yeah,
0: but when when a teenager is going, "You're the worst mother ever," and you don't
1: respond,
0: does that is oh, that I, a power play, or when no, you're no, 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 no,
1: <laughs> no. I mean, to be able to say, "I'm not going to talk to you when you're like this. Mm-hmm. We need to separate." And you remove yourself from that situation i'm not saying that your teenager verbally beat up on you yeah um but remove yourself from that situation Hmm. for sure and and again as always if it's a situation that you can't just remove yourself from and then come back and talk again and this becomes a routine in your relationship then you need some family therapy got it right that's when you need some help with mediation of that kind of stuff yeah so make sure you know when too much is too much yeah And
0: for all of you watching now, you know why I have Kim on speed dial at all (laughs) times. Kim, this was great. I mean, this was, I feel like we can come up with a million more phrases and maybe we have a part two of say this, not that Mm -hmm. when it comes to kids and teens. But really thank you for all of the expertise. This is, this is just the start of of a guideline. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Kim Bell with the Hannah Perkins Center. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Mom Squad pod. We'll see you right back here next time. Thanks for listening to Mom Squad Pod with Maureen Kyle from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update and find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.